Welcome to the 36th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Edie, and alongside me, I have my co-host and Blizzard beverage advocate, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? General Kenobi, it goes quite well. Thank you very much. Blizzard beverage, you're psycho, man. I don't understand why you're even going with that. That makes you look bad. Anyways, how are you? How does it make me look bad? Come on. Come on now. It makes you look stupid, Simon. Makes you look stupid. That's not very nice. I know you're much smarter than that. Hmm. Hmm. I see. Well, uh, I'm I'm okay. I, I'm doing all right. How are you? I'm all right, man. Well, how's your week been? Like, what have you done? My week. Uh, what did I do? Hmm. I made broccoli cheddar soup this week. Pretty good. Hmm. hmm. I really like broccoli cheddar soup. It's a like it, it's an easy soup to make. You know, it's one of those like you can have a, a good broccoli cheddar soup within an hour if you really want to. And it's something that I feel like I should be doing more often because the labor is not that intensive and the hmm. results are far are far exceed the, the difficulties. The results are broccoli cheddar soup. The, the, resu- the results are broccoli cheddar soup, man. You know what I mean? The flavor's I there. Do. The flavor's better. Like the flavor outweighs... The diff the 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 amount of effort you got to put in to make it, it making it that's what I've been trying to say for the past minute that I could not spit out. I see, I see. Yeah, it's really good. I'm a big fan of broccoli cheddar soup. Um, other than that, I didn't do much else, my friend. What what did you do? I uh, I didn't do much else. What do we do? What do we do? What do we do? We just go to work and we mm-hmm. come home. I I played some PlayStation. You know, nice. I watched a couple episodes of uh, the Queen's Gambit. Nice. Which is pretty good. Pretty good. You know, just catching up on that. Don't want to talk about it too much because, I mean, I can talk about it every week. But I'm just slowly catching up on the Queen's mm, Gambit. Cool. But, um, yeah, that's about it. Just working, working, coming home, petting the petting the puppy, petting the cat, mm, going to yes. sleep. I'm petting my little dog, Ellie, right now, actually. That's I'm great. petting her right now, yeah. That sounds great. Yeah, I thought about this the other day randomly. You know... It's illegal to jaywalk, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Right? And let's say, hypothetically, someone's jaywalking and, and you and you hit them with, with your car by accident, right? The jaywalker is at fault, you know? like Is that true? You know, the, yeah, yeah. You know, the jaywalker is walking and, and you hit them with your car. The jaywalker is at, at, at fault, I imagine, right? Yeah, is that true, though? I don't know if that's the rule. I've thought about that. I don't know. Are you asking me or are you telling me? I'm telling you, I, I I imagine that it is true. Like, why would the person that hit the person with the car be at fault if if jaywalking is illegal, right? Like, I know hitting a hitting someone with with your car is definitely illegal, but if you only hit them because they were doing something illegal, like it's their fault, and it's not your fault for hitting them, right? Does that make jaywalking more illegal than hitting someone with your car? Hmm. Shower thoughts. Yeah. Um, no. <laughs> okay. Well, what, why? Well, hmm. I'm also not sure that it's true that you, I don't know. That's an interesting one. That you wouldn't be at fault for also hitting somebody who's jaywalking. But- well, you would definitely be at fault if you ran. So like if you, if you did a hit and run 
and you because like you hit someone that was jaywalking and then you did a hit and run right yeah that that's that i think that's when you're in the fault so a hit and run is more illegal than than jaywalking but jaywalking is more illegal than hitting someone with your car i don't know in that instance sure but like what if you drove onto a sidewalk and started hitting people with your car that got it that that is guaranteed more illegal than jaywalking yeah yeah in that case it is but if if the if the result of hitting someone with your car is is caused by jaywalking then that and in makes... that specific moment mm-hmm. yes in that specific moment the jaywalking. jaywalking is more illegal okay sure okay cool I'll buy yeah. that yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense that makes a lot of sense now, if you jaywalk because someone's on on the sidewalk hitting people with their car, then, then definitely the hitting people with their car is more illegal than the jaywalking in that case. Yes, because you're trying to avoid the crazy person hitting people with their car mm-hmm. on the sidewalk. Yeah, no, I, I I can I can I can dig this. I can dig yeah. this crazy scenario. Wow. How long did you think about this, Jim? Uh, I don't know. Like a decent amount of time, like long enough to bring it up again for like a second opinion. Yeah. Do, do you think we're in agreement? Agreement? I think we are in agreements. Agreements. Good, very good. Very good. Very good. Mm. Let's move on to the corrections. What do you think? Yeah, man, let's do it, man. Every week we look back on our previous episodes and we wonder, what mistakes have we made? What errors did we make in the making of the previous podcast? What facts are incorrect? What makes us more like the website we got this covered? And we want to make sure that we are accurate on our show with our information. And so we look at the previous episode specifically, if we're looking at episode 35, what mistakes did we make, Adrian? Did you did you catch any specific errors that we made last episode that you'd like to bring up? No, no, I couldn't pick up out on, on anything. Nothing that I noticed. I honestly don't recall anything either, but this is a good uh, good time to also talk about clarifications for last week's episode. And that brings us to the mailbag. So let's reach into the mailbag for a moment here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Stadelbauer, longtime listener, Kenneth Stadelbauer, wrote into us once again, and he said, Dear sagacious streamers, before the meat of the musings, I believe Raya and the Last Dragon will be part of the Disney Plus regular catalog as of june now about man of steel while henry cavill has grown on me as superman and an actor in general i agree that the only threats that his incarnation can really fight are god tier villains for the reboot i'd like to see the humanizing of cal l man of steel started off that way but didn't really stick the landing the subsequent movies just showed how overpowered he was the 1978 superman was built on hope and wonder Christopher Reeve played a character that was governed by the small-town sensibilities of his foster parents and his own compassion. His weaknesses were his innocence and his love of the human race. It was believable that a human that was malicious enough could challenge him. If you haven't seen the first two movies, I recommend them, but only the Donner cut for the second. Even in 1980, the studio interfered with theatrical releases. Superman Returns was set up to be a direct sequel to Superman 2 with Brendan Routh, expected to play Reeve, playing Superman, an unfair position for a pretty good actor to be in. The characterization of Superman was pretty similar, but to me always seemed to be an impersonation. Thanks again for an entertaining broadcast. Every week I look forward to being informed and even challenged to think about what I'm watching. Love to you both. Signed, Kenneth. And a quote here. So many of our dreams at first seem impossible, 
then they seem improbable. And then when we summon the will, they soon become inevitable. A quote by Christopher Reeve. Mm. Right on. Thank you, Kenneth, once again, for writing into us. He writes into us every week, and I very much appreciate it. I welcome everyone else to write into us that listens to the show, but let's talk about the uh, first point he makes real briefly about Raya and The Last Dragon being on Disney Plus as of June. Last week, we specifically talked about how uh, Raya and The Last Dragon would be free on Disney Plus in June. I looked at Disney Plus for the premier access pricing just recently. I think yesterday or today. And it's literally $35 in Canada above my subscription. There's no way in hell that I would pay that. I I don't know about you. Again, you, you, well, you, you bum my subscription. So Mm -hmm. (laughs) it seems unlikely that's going to ever happen. But Mm -hmm. again, do you have any interest in paying for this? No, I do not, Simon. I have no interest in paying for that. Or a Disney Plus subscription in general. Well, let's say, okay, let's say you had a Disney Plus subscription. Would you be tempted to pay for this? Because this movie is, I think, over 95% of Rotten Tomatoes. That's why I'm pointing this out. Mm -hmm. It's extremely well regarded. People are loving it. And I'm curious if you feel a little bit like you're, you know, like a fear of missing out. No, I don't have a fear of missing out. Because to be honest, it's not like I'm going into uh, public places all that often and talking to a bunch of people. And really, the only people I'm talking to... uh, consistently are you and my my lover like on a on a genuine consistent basis and then a couple of my uh, other buddies as well um and i don't think any of them are planning on watching this movie i believe i saw ken actually post that he has watched this movie so we already know where ken um stands on this and then i guess uh, he's willing to drop that 35 bucks but no man that's that's just such a high price to pay it's it's way too expensive when you like when most movies, the vast majority of movies come out as like a pre- premium rental at about twenty five dollars without needing a subscription. I I just think that's uh, unbelievable. And yeah, like I'm more than happy to wait three months. Like I don't I don't really care. I don't have that much fear of missing out. Honestly, even at this point. I know last year I mentioned like, you know, if they did this to Black Widow, I'd definitely consider it. Even that, um, I don't think I really care all that much. Um, I'm willing to wait, especially with Marvel's offering anyways over the next few months. I feel like I'm getting my fill and, you know, especially with WandaVision that uh, just happened. Like that alone, I already got my fill for the next little while of Marvel stuff. So to, to bring that up about Marvel, like Falcon and the Winter Soldier was incredibly expensive to make. There are six episodes in that series. And I'm curious, like, if they start getting enough, enough traction for this type of thing, why not just charge for your series on a, on a series basis and things like that? Like, I just don't see the value here. I don't understand it. I'm going to continue to vote with my wallet. I asked you this question because I wondered if your perspective might have changed. Mulan was a pretty middling movie. Like, Mulan mm. was the first premier access film on Disney+. Plus. Um, that was, again, you pay $35 above your Disney Plus subscription. And so Raya and the Last Dragon is a different boat for me and the fact that it's reviewed so well i wondered if you might have thought ah man it's too bad i know you probably think i really do want to watch this but i wonder if you you really feel tempted would be my uh my question but it seems like you don't so Mm -hmm. i don't i don't i don't either i'm just disappointed i really wish you know i'm not angry i'm just disappointed disney plus Mm -hmm. i'm just uh i don't know i don't know bob chapik i just feel uh feel kind of betrayed Betrayed. Good word. Good word for this. Yeah. It's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. The value of Disney Plus, man. I don't know. I used to I used to love it. 
thought it was a great value. They increased the price. They're still is still going to do premier access while increasing the price. It's just it's befuddling to me. Befuddling. Definitely befuddling. To talk about the rest of his email briefly, uh, we talked about last week about how Superman, we don't really love Superman as a character because he's just overpowered. He seems to be good at everything and he's the perfect white knight that doesn't seem to have any flaws. Um, and we also talked about, well, at least I had pointed out, about Zack Snyder's version of Superman in Man of Steel. I, I felt like he was a flawed character and that he was, you know, trying his best to be as human as possible and he do, he wasn't perfect it seems like ken disagrees with that here he he doesn't seem to think that uh he he seems to think that man of steel didn't stick the landing in that aspect i don't know what do you think about that i don't know i i think man of steel like it definitely stumbles uh, at a couple points and i feel like there were a couple of odd decisions made throughout the movie, but honestly, in, in my opinion, I, I think it does stick the landing. I'm a big fan of that movie. Again, I've, I've shown my bias plenty of times. Like I like every Zack Snyder movie quite a bit, and I really like the way he writes his movies. And I, I agree with you like 100%. Like I, I like the way Superman is in Man of Steel. He, he does seem like a flawed character. He's you know kind of fighting fighting with himself. And uh, yeah, the, the choices made throughout that movie um, it really just shows like he is a different, I guess, you know, the different Superman, not not someone that should be idolized for every decision they make. You know, Man of Steel, again, ends with that very controversial moment of uh, Superman snapping Zod's neck and killing him. And I really like how much you see it in Henry Cavill's face while he's doing that. Like he doesn't know if he should make this decision, but he knows that he has to and then ends up doing it. And he isn't like happy about killing this man. He like screams out and starts crying. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like it really does stick the landing, man. Um, I, I unfortunately don't agree with Ken, but to be fair, um, Ken does have an attachment to, you know, the Christopher Reeve Superman, which I have very little attachment to, you know, like I've maybe watched one of the movies. I don't even know which one I remember. It Hopefully the first on. one. Of of the two, hopefully it's the first one. Yeah, again, I, I don't I don't know which one I watched. I, I was young. I remember it playing on a, I think it was like probably Teletoon or something on like a weekend, um, and I remember just watching it. And yeah, like it, it never clicked with me. So yeah, like like maybe that's why I like Henry Cavill's version so much. I just never clicked with that other version. How about you? Do you have any attachment to Christopher Reeve Superman? I watched the first one uh, quite a few times, but it had to have been more than 15 years ago that I watched it a couple, like many times as a, like a, I think maybe on TBS on mm -hmm. T on the channel TBS or whatever, Peachtree TV, whatever it's called now in Canada. But uh, yeah, I've seen it a lot. I think I've seen the second one maybe once, but I don't recall it that in that much detail. I, I honestly don't recall the first one in that much detail because it was so many years ago. I also saw Superman Returns. Did you see Superman Returns starring Brendan Routh? Um, I don't know if I've seen it all but I definitely know some of it. Like I, I can like picture very specific scenes um, throughout the movie. I, like I know James Marsden's in that movie. Like I, I remember like seeing him. He's like, I guess the the husband that gets like cucked by Superman <laughs> and loses his wife. Um, right. Doesn't that happen in the movie? I don't know if it happens in the movie, but I like, don't remember that. Yeah. Like, cause I know like I Superman know. goes for his wife. I don't even remember if that's like Lois Lane or whatever. But uh, I do remember that. I remember the plane scene. But yeah, I couldn't I couldn't piece together like what happens in that movie. I'll be honest with you. 
So I don't know if I've seen it all or just seen scenes from it. You remember the first, like the Christopher Reeve movie, though, how he flies around the earth and goes back in time. Is that in the first movie? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, I definitely remember that scene. I thought that Iconic. was like... It's kind of ridiculous. It's honestly completely ridiculous. I don't know why I said kind of. It's ridiculous in every way. But how many Christopher Reeve Superman movies are there? I thought there was like four. There are a few. Yeah, for mm. sure. I've again, I think I've only seen one and two. Or maybe it wasn't one and two. You're right. But I'm gonna look this up right now. Because yeah, like I think the the spinning around the world rewinding time is like in the later movie. Like no, no, that's in the first one. It is for sure. I am now. I I guess. I mean, Ken can call me on this, but I'm fairly certain that is in the first mm. film. Because yeah, I thought that was like a controversial thing, and that's what made everyone hate the other movies. But again, I have no connection to these movies, so I'm just saying what I think I've heard. Yeah, it is in the first one. You just looked that up. <laughs> I guess that wasn't you just having a revelation. I just I was scanning my memories, and suddenly I realized it was in the first one. <laughs> yeah i just fucking thought that that would be crazy uh four there are four superman mm. superman movies with christopher reeve specifically okay the what last did... one ended with superman 4 the quest for peace crazy so uh what else have you been watching this week adrian what have you been watching well simon i watched what everyone knows i've watched what i said that I was going to watch Pacific Rim The Black. Ooh. What a twist, eh? So, yeah, I watched Pacific Rim The Black. I've only seen the first episode, so I'll try to keep this uh, a little bit brief and jump back into it in the future. But um, so far, like the first episode, I I thought it was pretty good. Um, Not like amazing, but uh, definitely interesting enough to make me want to go back. The... The the opening cinematic for the for the show is is pretty neat. I quite like it. Uh, there's like this uh, epic voiceover of like a bunch of like news outlets, you know, talking about uh, the attack on Earth from like these kaiju's and all of this stuff. And uh, it it seems pretty interesting. So Pacific Rim, the Black, I, I imagine, um, in terms of the timeline, takes place, you know, post where the movie is, if I recall. Um, the first or one or the second one. The first, I never even watched the second one, dude. Neither did I, but I also didn't see the first one, so mm. don't have that much context oh. here. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, interesting. What the heck uh, is a kaiju? Oh, you don't know what a kaiju is? No. Okay, here, let me give context for everything I'm about to say. So what a kaiju is, is like big monsters. Uh, so like Godzilla, as an example, is a kaiju. Like King Ghidorah. And, well, I guess you never watched Godzilla King of Monsters, did you? Wait, I don't understand. There's kaiju in this universe yeah that's what the universe is about the pacific rim universe you know, do, do you not even know what pacific rim's about but i thought i thought kaiju was like a godzilla thing this is connected to pacific rim no kaijus are like what like they're just large monster creatures and that can be in any of these universes that's just a thing yeah it's just a thing oh okay cool you didn't know that no this is why i asked that's crazy man look at that i'm teaching you something so yeah, kaijus is just kind of like a blanket statement for like large monsters, I guess. Oh, it's a genre. It's literally yeah. a, a genre of films mm-hmm. featuring giant, giant mon- monsters. The actual, oh, you can you can refer to the monsters themselves as kaiju as well. Mm-hmm. Wow. 
Excuse my ignorance, audience. I don't watch that many monster, giant monster movies. It, it, it just seems a little ridiculous. Yeah, the, the height of monsters for me is, you know, let's just watch Jurassic Park. Like, why do we need these giant monsters? It's just too much destruction for me, you know? That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous statement. There's there's never enough destruction, Simon. There's not enough of these big monster movies, you know, monsters destroying. The, that's why Rampage is such a good movie. You know, that movie's that movie's amazing. Much better. Those than... monsters aren't kaiju, though. They're yeah, I know, but they're still big monsters. There's a wolf with, you know, like a wolf with like big. Actually, to be honest, is that borderline a kaiju movie then? Is that what's happening in that movie? Maybe I... it is borderline. Yeah, it's borderline a kaiju movie. It's borderline. But not quite. You wouldn't think it's quite, quite there yet. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Why are you complicating this? Jeffrey Dean Morgan's best role. Arguably. Mm-hmm. Actually, Jeffrey Dean Morgan's best role is in season two of Grey's Anatomy. You don't believe that. He actually plays a pretty uh, interesting character. I'm not going to lie. I finished, That's fair, but I'll- I finished season two of Grey's Anatomy, Anatomy by the way. It's it's a pretty damn good show. I'm, I'm, in, I'm into it. I'm into it. It's a nice background t- television show. Is that a good thing, though? Can you Is being a background television show being a good show? Well, yeah, because I like, you know, I sometimes just watch it. Sometimes I like eat food and I'm watching it. Sometimes like, ah, oh, you know, I just got to clean up my room, but I want to listen to these characters talk. It's a good show. I like it. I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Huh. One season okay. three. Anyways, Jeffrey Dean Morgan, he's, he plays a character in it um, called uh, Danny Duquette. Danny Duquette. Anyways, that, we keep on going off track. Let me just give you my goddamn review of the first episode of Pacific Rim, The Black, okay? Just yeah, compl- yeah, sounds good. You're complicating everything. Don't you want to rush this episode? Last time we tried to rush an episode, we, we ended at like two hours. Rush the episode. We never rush. This is this episode, much like every episode before it, is is built with beautiful care. Yes. How, how dare you? Yeah, you're right. You're right. You know what? I'm sorry. I mean, I'd like to get it done on time. Oh, my God. That would be, that would be great. I mean, because again, I... I, I Again, just got home from work. I'm just recording this. I've got to edit it tonight, so it's a it's a it's a bit of a rush. It is. It is. An, it I'm is. not rushing. I'm not rushing. I'm. I don't know why I just did that. I just contradicted myself in three sentences. But uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm doing this with great care. Yeah. Great care. Anyways, t- tell me about Pacific Rim. Stop getting so sidetracked, Adrian. Jesus Christ, man. Anyways, um, yeah, the 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 premise of the show, simply put, it's it's. It's pretty engaging, like it's engaging enough. It's uh, like a like a, a like a, an apocalypse, like a post-apocalypse uh, that happens because you know kaiju's are you know invaded the earth, they're coming out of the ground and you know just destroying the world. I guess walking around killing all the people, and like the I, I was mentioning how the the opening cinematic's pretty neat. It has like yeah this like voiceover uh, from a bunch of different news anchors just talking about like what's happening like the the initial attack of the kaiju's on Earth and you know it 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 starts off with these uh, there's these big mech suits in the Pacific Rim universe called Jaegers and it's uh, you know they have to be piloted by like two people and that's pretty much what humanity uses to fight against the kaiju's but I guess they're being overwhelmed at this point and. You know, it starts off with these two operators and a Jaeger that, uh, you know, save this, I guess, bus full of people, like a big, big, big bus full of people from these kaijus in, in this town. And, you know, uh, they, they escape out and um, find this sort of like safe haven, like that's hidden behind like a bunch of mountains with a bunch of natural resources and all that stuff. And, you know, they leave the people there and then they go off to uh, save or like find help, I guess. 
uh, for the people and and for themselves. And then bam, five years later, it, it does a big time jump. And then we're following these two characters, a brother and a sister, uh, you know, a few years apart. They're like teenagers, um, probably like, you know, like maybe like 15, 13, something along those lines. I don't know what sort of age group. And uh, yeah, they, they just live in the safe haven with a bunch of the other people that were saved. And, uh, you know, they want to, I guess, leave not not exactly but you know they, they're just they're just waiting for their i guess parents to come home uh the pa- their parents being the people that were pilot uh, piloting that initial jaeger you know the brother's like uh oh, they'll come back one day the sister's all like no nah, they're dead like, we need to get out of here yada 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 and then they stumble upon this big jaeger on the outskirts of their safe haven which to me i found a little bit weird because it's like you've been living there for five years and you just stumbled upon this thing anyway it's not important but yeah, they get in it and then uh yeah it, it kind of goes from there where the where the first episode goes like by the end of it i was pretty engaged they do some interesting stuff it was it was quite shocking actually uh what they end up doing and uh the action scenes like again it starts off very action heavy and the episode ends very action heavy which makes me feel like i guess kind of excited for what's to come um, I like the fight scenes that were kind of happening, um, but for the show itself, I wasn't uh, like, have you seen the trailer or anything? Like, have you seen the animation style? I haven't even seen that. Yeah. Like, how is the animation? It's like this uh, sort of like it, it almost I don't know. I didn't love it at first. I'll be honest with you. It looked kind of cheap, like almost video gamey, like a video game anime cutscene, but not that great. It's it's this mix of almost this like 2D anime aesthetic made into 3d and sometimes it looks really good but other times it looks again just like kind of cheap and and not great um but it's weird that you say that like as if video game uh like animation is in 2021 not great so shouldn't it be good no it is it like it is good but you know it just looks cheaper than you know i guess something with like netflix backing it with like an animation style it just seems like a weirder animation style that i don't necessarily love Okay. Uh, again, I, I think cheap is the kind of the best way to put it because it just seems inconsistent. Um, where again, yeah, sometimes it looks like like really good, like really awesome, um, like animation, like almost like this three D CGI looking thing, and then sometimes it looks like a two D two D anime, and occasionally it just doesn't mesh well. I don't know. Uh, by the end of the episode, though, I, I, I like I kind of got into it. I, I like it enough. Like it's not jarring enough for me to not like it and this might just be personal preference but i don't know like I, that, that's kind of what I, I got from it i'm only one episode in though like i mentioned but i am interested enough to keep watching it i'll probably get back to you like if, if i do end up finishing it or if i fall off of it um and let you know whether or not i'd actually recommend it but again uh, going off the first re- episode i would i'd probably suggest watch the first episode because it it's interesting enough to make me want to keep watching it yeah i don't know i see this is like the f- this is uh, this seems like one of those like first of many anime series coming out from Netflix based on a bunch of different IP. So you're not sure where this lands in this universe, like in, in terms of the movie timeline. No, no, I'm not. I imagine it's after like I don't really like I watched the uh, original movie a while ago. Um, yeah, the Guillermo del, del Toro film. Correct. Yeah. And uh, the crazy thing about the first okay, the first one, just to give it quick, all my knowledge of it. The first one, there's some incredible, it looks like incredible anime. Like, no, well, it's not some one animation because it's CG, but this is live action. Mm-hmm. And this, this film, like, it looks like it would just pop on an OLED. In the second one, the fights seem to happen during the daytime. It just looks less exciting and lo- less appealing. That's the reason 
I, maybe put me off even watching the first one because the uprising just didn't the second one just didn't look that exciting because it's a bunch of giant mech suits fighting during the day and it just looks so bright and flashy yeah like i get where you're coming from for sure i don't know i do remember the aesthetic of the first one like i don't remember striking yeah like it, it it looks really nice like a lot of it takes place at night so yeah like on an oled it would look freaking awesome i know um there was like an lg oled demo that would constantly play this um like the trailer for this uh show or just like a sorry um a tra- the trailer for the first movie or a scene from uh, the first movie which always looked awesome i never watched it on an oled I forget when, like how long ago I watched it, but I, I do remember uh, like it. came out in 2013, believe it or not. A long time ago. Yeah, I, I do agree with you. Like when I saw the trailer for the second one, I was I was put off because, yeah, it's, you know, bright and flashy. And the first one is almost like kind of depressing. <laughs> um, there isn't. Yeah. Like it feels a little bit more hopeless. Uh, dark. It, yeah, it's like dark darker. And, but it was striking because all of the lights of the mech suit and the rain and all of that, it, that the way it was shot, it just seems so, I don't know, even unique. Like yeah. the, the second one, it looks like Power Rangers. It does a bit. And also like, I don't know, the, the first one really only focused on a few, like select few characters. There's really just like two main characters. There are a few like other characters that play larger roles, but you're really following two characters for most of the movie. Whereas the trailer for the second one seemed like a full on cast of characters. And they're like having a blast, like, you know, saying like, Woo! As they're beating the crap out of monsters, which I'm sure would be a a really fun time. Don't get me wrong, but uh, it it it, it sure. seems very different from uh, the first one. And right, like for this anime series, uh, I feel like again, b- based off my knowledge of the second movie, which is literally a trailer, um, it definitely feels like it's taking more from the Guillermo del Toro version because you know it seems a little bit more hopeless. It's a, literally an apocalypse. Uh, the fight scenes, uh, there, there is one during the day, but there's the first one at the beginning of the show is like, you know, at later night. So like the sun setting um, and, you know, it, it seems more intense and they're not having fun. <laughs> they're literally losing people. People are dying around them. They're they're scared. The world is ending. Um, so they're not saying woo about, while beating the crap out of these kaijus. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to keep on watching the series. And I know Pacific Rim Uprising is on. um Netflix here in Canada. Maybe I'll give it a chance because again, it does look like a fun movie at the very least, but I don't know how into it I'm going to be. That's fair. Yeah. Have you been watching anything else this week? Uh, the only other thing I've been watching is WandaVision, my friend, which, uh, Ooh. I'm, I'm sure you've watched it. The, the, the series finale just aired the other day. I did. I have watched it. It is done. Mm-hmm. It is over. The first Marvel TV series is completed on Disney Plus, and I very much liked it by the end. What did you think? Uh, yeah, me too, man. I very much liked it by the end as well. I would like, uh, I guess we should just note, like, uh, this brief conversation that we're going to probably have about this show uh, is going to be without spoilers, and we will be releasing a closer look episode where we actually do a deep dive and you know, uh, try to dissect the story a little bit more in an upcoming episode. Um, this Friday question mark. Yes. It should release this Friday, this upcoming mm. Friday. That's the, that's the plan. Cool. Um, but yeah, I really like the show. I think to me personally, uh, I think it starts off really strong 
and it go it gets really amazing at kind of the middle ground but i think i didn't really love the final two episodes they uh, not that I, I not that i hated them or, or anything or disliked them like i still liked them but i didn't like them as much as the rest of the season because it felt more i guess typical marvel like i think the best parts of this show are when it is you know i guess grounded in uh <laughs> Not necessarily reality because it takes like it's kind of like a TV show, literally. So when it's not grounded in reality, yeah, uh, yeah. When it's not grounded in reality, are, are some of my favorite parts. So yeah, literally the opposite of what I was going to say. Um, and you know, like the conversations that are being had between like Wanda and Vision and everything like that. The the show itself, like I think, as a whole, is absolutely fantastic. It's well shot. It's well acted. It's well written. The story itself's freaking awesome, but as per, I guess, typical Marvel fashion, there is an end to the like the series, but it's also setting up more, and I want that more right away, <laughs> which I guess kind of led to a little bit of my disappointment in the in the final episode i don't know what do you, what do you think like what, what are your thoughts on it how did, how did you like it as a whole it's interesting you just said that if i just talk about what you just said it's a, like you know you want the more right away and i think i agree with you i'm a little concerned like when is that more coming when is multiverse of madness even going to come out with COVID? like there's just no timeline right now there's other uh, marvel shows coming out we've got on march i think if i recall correctly march 19th i mentioned this before but we're getting Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which is super exciting. But but when are the new movies coming out? When is Black Widow even going to come out? This is, a, this is a mystery, and we don't have the answer to that. Otherwise, this show, even the last two episodes, I enjoyed them. I think that the, the show shifts tonally, and that's part of the point of the way it's, it's done. Uh, for those who don't know uh, what the show is, it's Wanda and Vision uh, living through multiple generations of sitcoms somehow to Wanda Maximoff and, and Vision from literally the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And they're somehow in 50s sitcom, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, uh, early 2000s, later 2000s, like 2010s. It's, uh, it's pretty exciting. The way that they actually do the show and the way they pull off the tone is incredible. The music's amazing. The acting's really good too. The the way that it's it is grounded in the in how heartfelt the relationship is and shown to be between Wanda and Vision is is, is amazing. And I think that there are some problems, and we'll talk about this for sure on the closer look episode. But I don't want to really reveal anything in terms of spoilers. So mm-hmm. I'll definitely I'll talk about them specifically. There are certain things that were revealed uh, that I feel like were very odd. There were weird narrative choices. I agree, yeah. They're just very unusual. Like, and why did you, would you do this? But ultimately, this is a mystery show. Like, why is Wanda, why is Vision in this sitcom situation? Why is this happening? And so I, I mentioned when we first saw the first episode of WandaVision on our podcast, um, I don't know how many episodes ago that was, but uh, I guess nine, <laughs> nine eight. episodes ago. Or eight episodes ago, I, I was specifically mentioning how this the show almost feels like Lost, and that it's uh, every week you just feel like there's this mystery that you're trying to solve as the audience. And people on the internet got to work, and they were internet sleuths trying to figure out what the creators, like the writer Jack Schaefer and the uh, the director Matt uh, Shackman, was trying to was trying to do 
with the show and the, where are they going next is the is the constant question. And it felt like Lost as a week to week kind of idea. And it was, I didn't like it initially that they were releasing it week to week, but honestly, by the end, I, I kind of liked it because it was it was exciting to be waiting for this series every week. What did you think about that idea of? Because again, you mentioned that you were kind of disappointed that we couldn't just watch it all at once. Mm-hmm. But did you kind of grow into that idea as the series progressed? Uh, I don't know, I guess. Like, it, it's nice to have something to look forward to every week and, again, not not have to worry about spoilers um, and, you know, stay off the internet until you binge it all. I think I mentioned that previously. But uh, I don't know. I, I still feel like I would have preferred to have it all at once. I like I don't like the old school style of TV where you have to wait a week for every new episode. I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's an outdated concept and uh, I much prefer to have it all at once. I understand for like from a business standpoint, it makes sense because it'll keep you subscribing for, you know, in this case two months. Uh, Cause it was, uh, I think the first two episodes came out at the same time. And then, you know, like eight weeks in total uh, that this show aired for it. So that's again, two months subscription. I, yeah, like I guess how like the show is paced. Um, you know, throughout the season, I think by the last like couple of episodes, yeah, sure. Like I, I didn't mind waiting week to week and it, it was exciting to have something to look forward to, uh, in that case. But didn't you like the idea though, that you could talk with other people about this series as it was going and the excitement around it? Sure. It was a great thing for the, on a business perspective, because Disney was getting a lot of buzz about this series where in the very first episode, I think people were like, what the heck is this? And it didn't really lift off until I think the third episode when it started to really, people were really again, buzzing about it online. Wasn't that exciting, though, that you could talk to other people, perhaps at work or uh, friends about the actual series and you kind of were all kind of throwing away around theories or you kind of just didn't uh, didn't feel that way? Mm, yeah, I don't know. I didn't really feel all that like that way. Because you can't do that. Like you couldn't do that with a show that was running like a Netflix, like Daredevil. Daredevil is aired. People watch it. They're all at a different level. They're all at a different pace. They don't like, did you watch episode three? And you're like, yeah, I watched episode three, but I'm on episode four. And then you know more than the other guy. So do you really want to talk about it? Because there's a risk of spoilers. That that wasn't a risk here because everyone was on the same page. Mm-hmm. And so that that's, the, that's one of the best things about the old style of TV is that you could literally talk about things as they go. And you could talk about very specific things. You're not worried about spoiling it for the other guy, for the other person, because you, you've watched it kind of together. Mm-hmm. That's, I don't know. I like that for that element, for this type of show specifically because of the mystery. I think that the slow pace was frustrating in the beginning because I was, I was like, oh, it's, it's unfortunate. But being able to talk about it with people specifically, I thought was, I thought was kind of neat, but uh yeah, that's a fair that's a fair point of view. I just don't necessarily agree. I would have just okay. rather had it all at once. I'm a, I'm 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 selfish. I just want it all at once. I see. Mm-hmm. Okay, then. Should we leave the rest of this conversation for the closer look episode? Yes. Yeah, we will. We'll give our full review. Like this show is has lots of reveals and a ton of things that I think it's very hard to talk about on this type of format without giving spoilers away. And so I think that it's best probably to stick it in our clo- a closer look episode. But before we talk about something else, I'd just like to ask you as a verdict, like your thoughts on this show overall were overwhelmingly positive. Okay. That's a good answer. And me as well. Like, I think this was an incredible first outing for Marvel's TV shows and I'm very excited for the six episodes of Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which seem to be more of an action movie. This this is unlike anything that Marvel has done. I think you would agree with that as well. It's pretty unique. It is very unique. Yeah, it's it's really awesome. Alrighty then. 
Should we get on to the news? I think not. Well, that's too bad. Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one, as referenced by website Variety, the 78th annual Golden Globes aired on February 28, 2021, and were hosted virtually by comedians Tina Fey and Amy Poehler. The event made Golden Globes history when director Chloe Zhao became the first Asian woman to win the Best Director Award for her work on the film Nomadland. But it didn't stop there for Zhao because Nomadland also took home the prestigious prize for Best Drama Film. On the comedy side of things, Borat, subsequent movie film, was awarded top prize for Best Film Comedy or Musical, with Borat actor Sasha Baron Cohen also winning Best Actor in a Comedy or Musical. Netflix's The Crown took home numerous awards, including Best TV Series, Best Supporting Actress for Gillian Anderson, and Best Actor for Josh O'Connor. Overall, Netflix took home a total of 10 awards, which was the most for any streaming service or network. Also of note, the United States versus Billie Holiday actress Audra Day won the award for Best Actress in a Drama, and the late actor Chadwick Boseman won the Best Actor Drama Award for the film Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Additionally, the Canadian TV series Schitt's Creek continued their awards season in style by taking home the award for Best TV Comedy. Adrian, what did you think about these wins and, I guess, losses at the 78th annual Golden Globes? Pretty, pretty interesting. It, it just really goes to show like how much I missed last year. I feel like if we did have movie theaters to go to, I know we would have watched way more of these nominees uh, because we would have been able to go to the Princess Cinema. So it's kind of it, it is quite disappointing. Like I know for a fact we would have watched Nomadland by this point. Uh, and Minari as well. Minari, Actually, Minari sure. isn't on my listing here, but Minari won best foreign language film mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's, it's, it's disappointing on a personal level. But yeah, I guess on the bright side, there's uh, a lot of movies to look forward to. And I guess this kind of just goes to show like what w- there's probably going to be quite a bit of crossover with the Oscars and these, uh, you know, nominations. So, Anything that'll be brought up there, I'm, I'm sure I can uh, go out and watch uh, somewhere digitally online. But uh, the one that I found like quite interesting is that Borat uh, subsequent movie film, blah, 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 um, won for the best picture in the musical slash comedy category. I don't know. Like, I don't know why I was so surprised about that, but it, it really did surprise me because it, it was going against Hamilton, which is fantastic. And, and same with Palm Springs, which I think is so goddamn amazing. Like to me, like I, I really like Borat's subsequent movie film. What a ridiculous name, by the way. It, it's even longer than that. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, 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 it felt weird that it got that. I, I don't know. Like, what did, what did you think? Like, did, did you not find that a little bit surprising? Is that just me? That's such a broad category, and I don't think Hamilton really should have won that. I don't know. The production value is there to some extent, but you're still watching you're still watching a play that's that's filmed. You know, the mm-hmm. stage is being recorded. It was really well produced. Again, for that kind of production, it was still good, but I don't know that it would have won. Borat's, that, that's the funny thing about those three films you just mentioned. They're so different mm-hmm. across the board. Like The one that's more of a traditional movie is Palm Springs. Yeah, and then Borat's subsequent movie film has got a lot of like real life people in it. Like that didn't even didn't realize that they were even being recorded in the first place. And then Hamilton is literally a, a recording of a stage. So I don't know. It's a, any one of those could win, and I'd be like, ah, that, they were great. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's hard. How do you choose? It's, it's, a, it's a weird category. Like drama, a little bit more cut and dry in this year, you know, like it, as it is kind of every year. Like mm-hmm. You can kind of choose Nomadland. And I kind of understand like it won at the Venice Film Festival. So it's it's not, it wasn't a mystery that it would win uh, for best drama. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't necessarily think that, why? Do you think that it's inferior to Hamilton as an example? Yeah, I don't know. I just don't think it's all that amazing of a movie. Like, I really liked it. Don't get me wrong, but I don't know. I, I would have never assumed that it would have gotten nominated for, like, a Best Picture, let alone win it um, for uh, even this category. I don't know. It did kind of surprise me. I just I just think, yeah, both Hamilton, it's absolutely amazing, and as well uh, as well as Palm Springs are just better movies or more enjoyable movies. But, I mean, obviously, that's all subjective. To me, it just... I find it a little odd. It's it's cool, to, I guess, that he won for Best Actor as well, which, again, um, I found that pretty interesting. But when you really think about it, he did a absolutely phenomenal job uh, playing Borat and keeping like staying in character and what he did for that role. So it does make sense in that case. Um, and, uh, I mean, like, Sasha Baron Cohen, he had such an awesome year last year. Um, with the tri- like his role in the trial of uh, Chicago Seven as well, which he also got nominated for best supporting actor for, which I think he yeah he lost to Daniel Kaluuya right for uh, his role in Judas and the Black Messiah yeah so yeah it, it's interesting it, like again these are, these uh, award shows are at the end of the day very subjective but yeah it, it's a it's an interesting list of people here what makes me super excited uh, or not necessarily excited but uh, interested in what's to come is how Chloe Zhao won, you know, best director for a motion picture, you know, making history for one, but (laughs) this is going to sound like so stupid. Like, you know, she made history, Uh, but I'm more excited about her directing the Eternals, you know, Um, (laughs) as stupid as that sounds. Yeah, that that is a good point. Like, that is exciting that they they got that right, eh? Like, that that movie didn't really come out yet, and they, they chose her for the Eternals. Marvel, like Kevin Feige, they got their like finger to the pulse, you know. They, they mm-hmm. seem to know who to hire, which is really, really quite cool. Yeah, their foresight is really, really high. Just as a note, Borat, like the first Borat movie, the cultural learnings of America for Make Benefit Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. That movie actually was nominated as well at the 2007 Golden Globes. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, Dreamgirls won that actually. So in other words, Borat didn't win in 2007, but so he did win actually for best actor in a uh comedy or musical that so, same year yeah oh and he beat again he beat some pretty great actors as well like it's i don't know it's a it's an interesting thing i don't know that that movie as well as like the Borat subsequent subsequent movie film like they're they're very different types of movies like you mm-hmm. don't see that that often like that's a not a it's a, it's a treat though because it's so unique and it's extremely. It was extremely topical, especially as to when it came out and everything like that. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think it's not duly deserved. Yeah, but it's definitely different. Yeah, definitely. It's nice to see uh, Chadwick Boseman get some recognition as well. You know, it's so unfortunate like that that he passed away last year. But you know, it's it's cool to see that he's getting the recognition that he deserves. I I really need to watch like Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. And it, like it's on Netflix and it's so well reviewed. So I don't really have much of an excuse. There's there's so much to watch. But again, uh, I, I'm sure like you can relate to this. Like being at home and having like this extra time at home. I definitely haven't been using that extra time to watch movies for whatever reason. 
uh, before. Like I could literally go to the, uh, the movie theater and set, you know, a time slot aside every single week, if not, if not more than once a week to go and watch something new. And I don't know, it's, it, 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 it sucks being stuck at home and not being able to go to the theater to watch these movies that probably some of them deserve to be watched in theaters. To be fair, I'm, I'm sure Ma Rainey and uh, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom would have been a Netflix release regardless. But you know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree with you. I feel like we carved out time to go to these, the theater and it, it really is an event. Mm-hmm. It's a spectacle. We love that spectacle and that's the, one of the reasons we went almost every second week. So I don't know. It's just unfortunate that this COVID-19 just continues to, to thrive. I also have a short attention span. Like when you're at the theater, you know, you're setting that time aside. You're sitting in the theater. There's nothing else to do. You can't pull out your phone. You can't do anything. You're sitting ideally comfortably eating some popcorn, watching watching this big movie in front of you at home. I have my phone. I have a PlayStation. I have a Nintendo Switch. I have a bed. I have, I, have, I have a fridge that I can just walk to. I can pause. I can do whatever I want. How am I supposed to just sit and watch something these days? It's impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, that's that's fair. It's uh, interesting. Actually, as a dedication, do you want to watch um, another round for next week? Yeah, yeah. It's actually only about $6 to rent. Okay, so this is the other issue. There's not only the problem of being at home with attention span issues, but it's it's accessibility, Adrian. It's like, I don't want to pay... I don't want to pay $25 to rent a movie. I don't want to, I don't want to pay. I know that Minari is an incredible movie, but I don't want to rent it for $20. So I wanted to, I was going to choose Minari as the movie I wanted to watch for next week, but I keep checking it and it's not available for anything but a rental. And I just don't think that that pricing is, it's not as attractive to me. Like I, I will go for another round, which costs $6 instead of Minari as well as like, or let's watch something on Netflix. Like for instance, the five bloods or again, Marini's Black Bottom. We should watch Marini's Black Bottom mm-hmm. as well because it's going to be a contender at the Oscars. Yeah, and so I, I just hope that some of these movies are not premier access rentals by the time the it's Oscar season because I'd love to be able to watch Nomadland because I think it has a a serious chance of taking home the top prize. Mm-hmm. So I, I that one I think is crucial. I think we need to watch Nomadland prior to the Oscars, but. Will we be able to do that without paying $20 or an arm and a leg? I hope not. Yeah. So like the accessibility, some of these movies are available. Some of them aren't really available. And we kind of playing this waiting game where we wait for it to not be 25 bucks. Yeah, I know. And I, I, I'm tired of it because it's so inconsistent. Some are 20 bucks, some are 25 bucks, some are $6 rentals. Like it's like they don't have a pricing scheme that's working for everybody. So everyone's just making up their damn pricing. Like Ryan the Last Dragon being $35 above a Disney Plus subscription is the most outrageous. And so these prices, that's what's deterring me, honestly. I need someone to make a make make a goddamn calendar and like list every every movie that's releasing and when when the prices are changing and all of that stuff. I, I just need some some place to go where I can just click on it and it gives us all that information. For sure. The other thing is, of course, we go to a movie theater, like back in the day, back when the, you know. Yeah, back in the 90s. Like uh yeah, back in the nineties, when we went when we went to the theaters last year, two years ago, whatever, mm-hmm. the movies are all the same price. We're never questioning what the price is. That's not something that happens. So we go to the theaters. We know what price we're paying. If we're gonna go to an incredible theater like an Ultra AVX or an IMAX, we know we're gonna pay more for better sound and better picture. Mm-hmm. We know what we're getting. There's no reason why Minari should be priced lower at twenty dollars and uh, Marini's 
Black Bottom is free and we've got Ryan the Last Dragon at $35 above a subscription. It's it just, this is nonsense. And someone's got to standardize it, but it's never going to happen because these are big corporations that just want to make the bucks. So yeah. they just don't care. Anyways, I, I rented another round, so I'm, I've committed to it. You just rented it now? Yeah. Oh, incredible. Okay. Well, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to do that, but I, I will not be watching this tonight because I'll be editing this podcast. Oh. But yeah, anything else about the Golden Globes that you'd like to point out? Any any specifics that you're like, oh, wow, this was great. Oh, actually, I got one. The Queen's Gambit. What? What? The Queen's Gambit? The Queen's Gambit, Anya Taylor-Joy won Best Actress in a Limited Series. Mm-hmm. And the limited Best Limited Series Award went to The Queen's Gambit. So that's pretty exciting. I that's, know you love that show. Yeah, it's so well-deserved, man. Honestly, it's it's one of the best things I've watched. In recent memory, well, I think I think I think I went as far as to say it was the best thing I watched in the past year. Just period, full stop. When I watched it, and I, and I still might stand by that. It was so good, man. I I adore that uh, series. Perfect six episodes. Anya Taylor Joy is just such a phenomenal actress. She's taken the world by storm. Yeah, uh, I feel like she just kind of popped up. It was. I feel like it was like the first time I saw her was in Split. At least recognized her. She was like uh, playing a main character in Split. And then from for sure that was me as well. Yeah, yeah. And then from then on, she just freaking blew up, man. She was like in everything all of a sudden. So I'm very happy. Yeah, she's pretty incredible. Like she's really, really good in the Queen's Gambit. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I think third episode in, fourth episode in, and uh, very impressive. It's just incredible show. Period pieces like this or Mad Men, I've, I just have a, I don't know, a special place in my heart for them. I just really well done, and, and seeing the like the wardrobe team and the sets team and and how how hard it would be to actually be able to properly pull this together without slipping up and somehow having a, a smartphone be in the mix by accident. Like the, for instance, that game of Thrones scene in which there's a Starbucks cup as an example in the last season of game of Thrones. Like how did that, yeah. I don't even know how that happened. This gave up. You got so far and <laughs> at the very end, you have a Starbucks cup show up in the shot. But uh, I think they edited that out. Though. Yeah, they did. So they were able to manage. Another uh, note, just uh, just quick quick time here, is Jason Sudeikis won uh, Best Actor in a Television Series, Musical, or Comedy for Ted Lasso, which is pretty neat as well. Neato. It's very well-deserved for that one, I think. Uh, again, that show's really great. If, you, if you've bought in a new Apple product in the past year, uh, you have Apple TV. Take advantage of it. <laughs> Take advantage of it. Watch the show. That's, yeah, definitely. And of course... Uh, we love this movie. Uh, the best motion picture animated went to Soul. Ooh, no surprise on that one. Yeah, it's not like it, that wasn't predictable. That's for sure. Yeah, the the only other one that I know like that was getting a lot of buzz was Wolf Walkers, which is another Apple TV Plus original. Um, it seems like a really cool animation style. That's that's another movie I really want to watch. Um, it looks really awesome. It's, it's something crazy. Like it's ninety six or ninety eight on Rotten Tomatoes as well. Like so. It's very well reviewed. I remember hearing a lot of great things about it. So yeah, that's 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 another movie that I, I thought maybe could win. But yeah, Soul is just on another level. I think yeah, Atticus uh, Ross, Trent Reznor, and uh, what, what's the other guy's name? They won for uh, John Batiste. Yeah, John Batiste. They won for uh, the best soundtrack. Incredible man. Well, I was listening to that soundtrack after the we watched the film. I think I mentioned it on this podcast. It's just such a great soundtrack, and it's such a great mix of music as well with the jazz from John Batiste and the, I mean, the very iconic uh, music from Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. It's, mm-hmm. it's phenomenal. Yeah. The other one to mention just briefly, because I've been seeing this advertised 
I don't know why, but it's keep it keeps coming up. I think on like YouTube advertisements and uh, things like that is uh, Jodie Foster won for the movie The Mauritanian, which you mentioned last week was coming out last week as well. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know that that was. I thought that was a documentary. I don't know why, but the way you described it, I didn't realize it starts Jodie Foster and Benedict Cumberbatch. I had no idea. Has that been advertised for you? Like after you talked about it, and after uh, Jodie Foster won, uh, it kept coming up on web pages that I was I was uh, scrolling through, and I, I think it's showed up on uh, YouTube a few times as well. Um, I yeah, I knew it was a movie. Yeah, but has it been coming up for you? Like I don't think you mentioned the cast last week when you talked. I did about not. It. Okay, I'm gonna lie. I, I'm, I lied to you. I actually thought it was a documentary initially as well, um, <laughs> and I was the one that fanned the movie. Um, Wait, but, is this a show correction in mid-show here? Is it, are we doing a show correction from? No, last it's week? not a show correction because I never explicitly said that it was a documentary. I don't know why I understood it was a documentary mm. though. Did you say it was a documentary? No, question, I don't I believe so. But yeah, that actually that sh- that movie actually interests me. It does look pretty exciting, mm. and uh, I don't know. I actually check that one out. But this week we're going to watch another round, which was not actually nominated for best foreign language film, which is a movie with Mads Mikkelsen. So or Mads Mikkelsen. Mm-hmm. As uh, as that random YouTube video would would attest, and McKelson, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. no, no, nope. Okay, so this is what I said for the the Marit- the Martinian last week because I, I I write these notes right. I said based on the memoir of Mohammedu Old Slali uh, called Guantanamo Diary, which is about his fourteen year chargeless tenure in Guantanamo Bay. So it's like based on a memoir. I can kind of see where you're getting it from the end because it's about like his 14 year charge this time you're in Guantanamo Bay. But yeah, you just I, didn't I, specify I, any of like the big name actors or I don't know. I feel like there's a lot to be desired in that description, but uh, I don't know. I mean, you, we can't all be perfect. So I was uh, trying to keep it brief for you. You wanted to go through the episode qu- quickly last week. We did. It was the longest episode in 20 episodes or something like that. that, that it's, we didn't succeed, Adrian. I don't it know was if the you longest and we're starting to not succeed now, so let's move on to number two, shall we? It was the longest episode in podcast history. That's not true, for sure. It is. Can we move on to number two or not? This will be the longest episode in podcast history. At this rate, for sure. Number two. According to The Hollywood Reporter, actor and rapper T.I. will not reprise his role in the Marvel Cinematic Universe's third Ant-Man film entitled Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium. T.I. and his wife, Tamika Tiny Harris, are currently embroiled in a lawsuit with 11 women who claim that T.I. and Harris drugged and sexually assaulted them. Cable network VH1 has also stopped production on the couple's reality TV series, T.I. and Tiny Friends and Family Hustle, due to the allegations. In both Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp, T.I. played one of Ant-Man's ex-convict buddies by the name of Dave. Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium is currently in production and set for release for the year 2022. Adrian, what do you think of this? I'm super disappointed. Dave was my favorite character in Ant-Man and the Wasp and Ant-Man. <laughs> Sorry, I always suck. I can't keep, like, I can't say these things without laughing. This is unfortunate. Like, this this is kind of unbelievable. 11 women. That's, that's so messed up, man. Uh, my, my, like, immediate thought is you, you have a reality TV series, right? Where right. do you find the time to drug yeah. and, and, and assault 11 women? Where You are literally being followed by cameras all the time. I'm confused. What, like what? Well, that's, I guess, I, I guess that goes to show how 
non-in-reality reality TV is, I guess. I mean, if that wasn't evident by other yeah. things. But yeah, I guess you make a point. So wait, your favorite character in Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp is not Dave? It's not. It's not Dave. Oh. Oh, okay. Yeah. Damn. Interesting. Believe it or not. Yeah, it's a, it's a weird one. They obviously, well, I shouldn't say obviously, but it seems to happen a lot. They denied the allegations and they thought they said they were were ridiculous. Um, I don't know. It's 11 women, though. So That's a lot of women. Yeah. That's 11 too many, I would say. Yeah. It's looking bad. It's looking yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. It's it's unfortunate. I know like T.I. has been in prison before. I, I don't know for what. Um, I'll be honest with you. I never so really wait, He plays an ex-convict in Ant-Man, but he's also actually an ex-convict? Correct. Yeah. Oh, wow. I didn't. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah. Here, let's look. Why did he get arrested? T.I. Legal issues. Uh, 1994 to 2006, drugs, weapons, and assault. Oh, my God. 2007 to 2009, weapons conviction. 2010, 11-month sentence. 2018, public disorder arrest. 2020, crypto fraud charges. What? 2021, sexual abuse allegations. Holy fucking shit. And right now, you rate 11, but on Wikipedia, it says more than 30 women contacted attorney Tyrone A. Blackburn accusing Harris, his wife, Tiny, and their associates of forced drugging, kidnapping, rape, and intimidation in at least two states, including California and Georgia. How insane is that? That's messed up. I can't believe there's that many charges that have been laid against him like in the past, though. And they're all different. Mm-hmm. Every single one of them is a different thing. He's just trying something new every time. He doesn't want to double dip into any crimes, apparently. It's almost weird Except for that this they one. chose to do, like, Disney chose to do business with him in the first place. I know, right? You'd think you'd want to kind of avoid this guy. Like, yeah, okay, like, you know, Robert Robert Danny Jr. had a, had that pass as well, but... Yeah, he got, like, like that was the, the greatest redemption, Hollywood redemption story maybe ever. I know. In a way. But, like, for, for, for T.I. here... There wasn't much of a brain. I guess there kind of was because he served an 11 month sentence in 2010. And then his next arrest was in 2018. So he had like a solid seven years there, which I guess is when the Ant-Man movies came out. At least the first Ant-Man movie came out. So I don't know. Maybe they're like, oh, he's changed and then proceeds to sexually assault possibly 30 women, according to Wikipedia, with his wife and drug them. That's yeah, that's that, that is that, that's a very unfortunate situation. I mean, I feel like he's a fairly easy character to write off, but like, so I don't really care about that aspect whatsoever. I, I just care about that there is someone that awful living out there doing this to people. And uh, yeah, he was he was in a he was in a Marvel movie. It's going to be uh, one of those if he does get convicted for these charges and, you know, they are proven to be true. It's going to sour the taste of those Ant-Man movies. It's kind of like the Kevin Spacey situation. You know, uh, we've talked about this before, like Baby Driver is such a good movie. But, you know, when when I rewatch it, I see Kevin Spacey. And I'm like, God, God damn it. It's it's a bummer. Um, the, <laughs> to be fair, Kevin Spacey plays a relatively larger role in uh, Baby Driver than I guess T.I. does in the Ant-Man movies. But it, it's still something to point out. Way, again, way bigger of a role. Like, mm-hmm. Out of the ex-convict friends that, uh, you know, Scott Lang has in Ant-Man, I would argue that, I mean, he's kind of the least interesting. Mm-hmm. The one guy with the uh, Baba Yaga is like, yeah, is, is like, I remember distinctly that line and Luis is just incredible. So mm-hmm. I don't know. 
Not, I, yeah. I, I'm going to miss him somewhat, I guess, but no, not really. Cause I mean, he's a, a rapist, I guess. Again, yeah. alleged, alleged, but he did other things. So I don't really, again, it, it's unusual that yeah. Disney did business with him in the first place. But anyway, yeah. You think they're going to even mention his character in the next Ant-Man movie or they're just going to write him off completely? They're just going to uh, I think he's not important enough to keep him. I really do think that they'll just write him off. What do you yeah. think? Yeah, no, no, I agree with you. But like, do you think there's going to be any mention of it? I guess is, is my question. I don't know. It's like such a, there's so much weight, like criminal weight with his name, especially as more of these allegations come out. Is it, I don't know. If you're going to mention it, do you just recast him? I don't know. You, you could do something like sort of uh meta, you know, like be like, oh yeah, he was, he was arrested again. And you just leave it at that. Like his character was just arrested again. Oh yeah, it. it's true. He's probably yeah. going to get arrested for this. Maybe who knows? Yeah. Again, so, alleged, alleged, but still, again, that's a lot of stuff that he's done that wasn't this. So yeah, you could just say he's arrested. Yeah, it's true. You could do that for sure. Are you excited for Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumanium? Yeah, like I am excited for it for sure. I'm excited for every Marvel movie that's been announced, but can't come out, I guess. Like the, I don't know, this is going to be an interesting, an interesting phase of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Is it going to be, is Quantumanium referring to like, well, it's referring to the quantum realm, I suppose. Are they going to do t- more time travel? Is this going to be somehow multiverse? Like, what do you think this is going to be? That's what I don't know, man. Like, I, I really have no clue. Like, I think they're going to do, like, the quantum stuff, maybe do some, like, time travel stuff. To just, I, I think I think it's going to, if anything, just tie into the multiverse thing. I, I think that's what Marvel's really putting a focus on with, you know, uh, Doctor Strange and the multiverse of madness and then all the all these references or, or what everyone's predicting for the the Spider Man three movie, which uh, again more and more I'm I'm starting to believe that it's not going to be a Spider Verse movie. This is just a these people were just cast recast as the same characters and they're just going to play the same characters. But I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Uh, but yeah, like maybe they 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 will go the multiverse route. Like I just don't really know where else to go. It's interesting because we haven't really had any movies. We don't really know the direction the Marvel universe is going to take, other than what we see from uh wandavision and to be yeah to be fair like all, all we really know about wandavision is that it's leading into doctor strange and the multiverse of madness so we can assume that something related to multiverse is going to uh kind of go down so i don't know i'm, I'm curious i'm definitely curious i'm definitely excited i really like the two ant-man movies they're I, I know they are a little bit lower on the i don't want to say quality level but i, I feel like they're not usually in the top top half of, uh, of most people's like list. If, if you were going to rate the, the, the Marvel movies or at least in the top, you know, like 10. So I don't, I don't know. I, I think there's still good movies and I, I, I'm, I'm interested in what's to come. Yeah. Like for me, they're only at the bottom based on the great movies that are the other great movies. It, they're not, mm. th- there's only a couple movies that I would put at the bottom that I think that are just not the greatest, like I, Iron Man two and Thor, the dark world. So I, I really like Ant-Man and Ant-Man and the Wasp are really good, I think. I just don't know if they can beat a lot of the other ones for quality just because they're they're also incredible. So it's just that's mm-hmm. the, the only reason for me why they wouldn't rank high, in my opinion. Like they're not bad. Yeah. Cool, man. Don't be a bad person. That's the that's the moral of the story here, kids. Mm-hmm. Don't be a bad person. Number three, as referenced by the Hollywood reporter. Network Stars is currently in very early development of a Party Down TV series revival with original producers Rob Thomas, John Enbaum, Dan Etheridge, and Paul Rudd returning to produce. 
Party Down is a comedy following a team of Los Angeles cater waiters attempting to make it in Hollywood as actors and creators. The original series starred actors Ken Marino, Jane Lynch, Adam Scott, Martin Starr, Lizzie Kaplan, Megan Mullally, and Ryan Hansen. And the expectation so far is that many, if not all, of the incredible ensemble cast will make a return. To comment on the revival, producer Rob Thomas stated, quote, At the end of 2019, the Party Down cast and producers were all reunited at a retrospective for the show hosted by Vulture. We had such a good time that we wanted to find a way to get the team back together again. The cast is so busy these days that finding a window where we can do it may require trigonometry, but we're determined to make it happen, unquote. Adrian, I know you enjoy Party Down. What do you think about this revival? Yeah, I'm, I'm quite excited, man. I'm quite intrigued. I, I do enjoy Party Down. Uh, I had a good time watching it back in the day. I watched it, I don't know, like probably half a decade ago. And the cast of the show is really great. So I'm excited to have all these people kind of come back together. I really hope they can uh, come back because uh, as you listen in the story, um, that the expectation so far is that most, if not all of them, will come back. So my, my fingers are crossed for that. The one thing um, I am a little worried about is kind of from uh, the statement that uh, Rob Thomas made, you know, mentioning that, you know, everyone's busy and they may have to do some trigonometry to make it work. It reminds me of kind of uh, how they had to film season four of Arrested Development, which I know you and I like more than most people. Uh, but it is definitely not as uh, good as the other se- uh, like uh, as the first three seasons. And it is missing a little bit of like the interactions between all the characters, because realistically, most of the time, those actors weren't in the same. Sorry, my dog was shaking there. I don't know if you heard it. I did. I uh, weren't in the we're in the same room at the same time. So I, I hope the same thing doesn't happen here. Uh, have you ever watched Party Dam before? I've watched a couple episodes here and there. My uh, mm-hmm. ex-housemates used to watch it and uh, we would order pizza and I, I kind of was just in the room. I didn't have any connection though because I hadn't watched it from the beginning. So just uh, really just watched snippets of it. But mm-hmm. uh, it seemed pretty cool. And now this cast is like, again, incredible. I, don't, I, I mean, they were incredible back then and they were kind of known back then, but they're now way more known than they were before. So it's... Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty neat like if they're able to pull them together i think they can definitely pull them together by the way i don't think this is going to be arrested an arrested development type situation in my opinion i think that he's saying that it's going to be trigonometry regardless because these guys are very popular uh, right now mm-hmm. these actors so i think that they can do it i think they i think that they're going to be successful they're just going to have to schedule it like i don't know i hope it's not an arrested development situation but I guess we'll find out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess we will find out. But um, yeah, man. Even, even on top of like the like the main cast of characters, there were actually some pretty big like cameos like in the show. Yeah, like, the, um, they played themselves, right? Is that correct? Like the, some of these cameos? No, not all of. I, I can't think of it actually off the top of my head. I'm sure there was a couple, but like it takes place in Los Angeles, so I thought. Oh, I, again, you'll know better, but I thought they they played themselves as cameos i'm sure some of them did I, I can't think off the top of my head but like i know like you know rob cordry is in like an episode or two uh, i know he doesn't play himself like he plays a character uh you know uh Kristen bell she's in a couple episodes ken jong is in a couple episodes uh jk simmons is in a couple episodes as well and i know like they played characters they they d- did not play themselves from what i remember um but yeah there there is like a like a very robust cast of characters um, that showed up. 
Um, I know like if I recall correctly, like, like even like back, back then I feel like, you know, uh, people like Josh Gad weren't as huge. Um, but you know, now with his role as like Olaf in, um, frozen as well as, and you know, in, in a bunch of other movies, even Kevin Hart was in like an episode there, but yeah, it's, it's a, it, it would be pretty cool to see if they could keep that up and bring back more of these big name actors because pretty much all the actors I listed there are bigger now uh like you kind of mentioned in the story so it's super cool to see like this almost all-star cast come back together um you know many like a decade later over a decade later and um you know revive this this what i think was a series that was canceled way too soon cool yeah as this series is closer on the horizon i'll definitely watch the original uh, a few seasons and then it's two seasons, right? They have two seasons in total. No. Yeah. It was only two seasons. Unfortunately, I'll, I'll definitely watch it as it gets closer to releasing. That's uh, that's for sure. Are there any like shows that you can kind of think of that you hope get revived kind of like this? I don't know. I'm kind of always uh, interested to see if Firefly will get a re- revival, but uh, now I don't know with all this allegations against Joss Whedon. He's definitely in hot water now. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. Definitely not T.I. hot water. In my opinion, we got to like differentiate that, but I mean, he's probably not going to make anything for a while, I'm guessing. Mm-hmm. So that's likely not going to happen. But I'm curious. Yeah, I don't know. There's what other shows. What what other shows are you looking to see revived? Um, not necessarily revived in like uh, like another season sense, but uh, like for me, I want there to be a community movie. I want six seasons in a movie, man. That always comes into my mind. Oh yeah, I know that's kind of a cop out, but uh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. Like I I always wanted that to happen, and I and I hope it does. But who knows? And uh, also. It kind of just got canceled and never even spoken about, but uh, Flaked. Remember Flaked on Netflix uh, starring Will Arnett? Yeah, that ain't happening. But that was a really good show. That show was mm-hmm. very, very good. It it was it had a unique style and tone that was, I don't know, it was so chill. You know what I mean? I don't know. It's just incredible. Yeah, it was. And it was yeah. like a really good balance of like this kind of subtle comedy and actually being like dealing with some very sad issues like alcoholism and drunk driving and you know murder <laughs> kind great of great style and great music constantly mm-hmm. great song a soundtrack yeah that's uh i recommend that show quite a bit to other people uh, they don't yeah. always take me up on that but mm-hmm. it's it's yeah it's good that one won't get revived though that one i think is dead i think that's forever dead in the water i uh i often think about i don't know if i necessarily want it to get revived though because they knew they had a heads up before it ended but awake Uh, and so i think that awake honestly it ended pretty satisfyingly i don't know if there's a reason for it to get revived necessarily but i really kind of wanted that show to continue because i i thought the concept was ingenious and i i just feel like it didn't i don't know why it didn't get as popular as it should have been. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I really, really liked that show. But again, it, it, you mentioned it, like they, they, they had the heads up and the way that show ended felt like it was perfectly wrapped up. Like it could have kept going, but it definitely didn't need to. They definitely um, planned on continuing it though. It was not a limited series. That's what's so genius about how that ended. I'm so surprised. Like the, the creator, I I keep looking up to see what he's doing next because I'm curious because that, that was, to me, that show is, I shouldn't say one of the best. It did feel like there was some, 
there was some filler in it, but I just, I, it was so heartfelt. And I don't know, Jason Isaacs, such a good actor. I don't know. I, I love that show so much. But anyway. Cool. Cool. Now on to the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as reported by publication Deadline, Network The CW has renewed Superman and Lois for a second season after the success of the pilot episode. Oh, interesting. I actually watched the opening scene of the pilot episode. It was really well done. Number two, as reported by Deadline, the gentleman actor Hugh Grant and it actor Sophia Lillis have been cast in the upcoming Dungeons and Dragons film. Still curious on what this is going to be. They announced like a Dungeons and Dragons third person open world video game. So I feel like they're really pushing Dungeons & Dragons as an IP again. Number three, according to Variety, NBC streamer Peacock has greenlit a science education-based TV series called The End is Nigh to be hosted by Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill Nye, the science guy. Bill Nye, the science guy. Number four, as reported by Variety, the creators for Netflix wrestling series Glow have cast actors Nicole Kidman, Cynthia Erivo, and Alison Brie for a new feminist fables anthology series called Roar. Interesting. Number five, as reported by Deadline, animated comedy series The Simpsons has been renewed for seasons 33 and 34 on Network Fox. That's a lot of seasons. I think that's the most seasons of any TV show ever. Number six, as Deadline reports, Infinity War actor Ariana Greenblatt has been cast as Tiny Tina in director Eli Roth's film adaptation of the Borderlands video game series. I've spoken about this that I don't really understand what's what's gonna be in this movie, but you know what I failed to mention before is that Tales from the Borderlands, which is like a Borderlands like story, exclusively just the story, no gameplay and everything. It's very good. It's made by Telltale. I highly recommend everyone buy it. Uh, they just re-released it on platforms. It's good. It's a really good story. So if it's anything like, like that, maybe this maybe this movie's gonna be good. Number seven, as website Collider reports, Inception actor Joseph Gordon-Levitt will play Jiminy Cricket, and Harriet actor Cynthia Erivo will play the Blue Fairy for director Robert Zemeckis's upcoming live-action Pinocchio movie. Hmm. Hmm, interesting. Is this like the Disney Pinocchio movie, or this is this like a, a standalone, separate Pinocchio movie? This is a Disney movie starring Tom Hanks as Geppetto. Okay, just wanted to make sure. There was that like really off-putting Pinocchio movie that came out last year that I mentioned. Yeah, but that doesn't have any known actors in it, or very known actors, if I recall correctly. Am I wrong? No, 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 no. I th- you're not wrong. I just thought that maybe this was going to be another Pinocchio movie that wasn't the Disney Pinocchio remake movie. No, sir. Mm -hmm. Number eight. According to Deadline, Luther star Indira Varma has been cast in an unknown role for the Obi-Wan Kenobi Disney Plus TV series. Hey, you're, you're General Kenobi. Hello there. Number nine. As reported by website Vulture, Netflix film Woman in the Window starring Amy Adams will officially be released on May 14th. 2021. Finally, we get a release date for this movie. I'm excited for this one, actually. Number 10, as website NME reports, Zack Snyder's Justice League is to be labeled as six parts. The parts are set to be called Part 1, Don't Count on It, Batman. Part 2, The Age of Heroes. Part 3, Beloved Mother, Beloved Son. Part 4, Change Machine. Part 5, All the King's Horses. And finally, Part 6, Something darker. Ooh. You know what I just noticed? NME sounds like enemy. You just noticed that now? No, I need that for a while. 
This is cool. Six parts, baby. And that concludes the montage. Wow. All right. Adrian, what do you have for me? Oh, I got new releases for you, my friends. I got new releases for you. You want to hear them? Do you now? I do want to hear them. This is a this is not many movie week this week. Not many movies coming out this week. Not many movie is week. Is that so? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, it's quite interesting indeed, unless I missed a bunch. But I don't think I did, Simon. I don't think I did. I don't believe I did. And by my count, you want to know my count? My count is that there is only seven movies coming out this week. Can you believe that? Crazy. Yeah, it's like one a day. Absolutely insane. But it's not one a day. Because the first one actually comes out. This is for the week March 8th to 14th, by the way. Uh, so the first one comes out on Monday, March 8th, right? It's called Bombay Rose. It's a Netflix movie. Right. It's an animated movie with this super unique and cool looking art style. I highly recommend checking the trailer out. Okay. And then that way you'll know what it's about. There's no point on me telling you what it's about. Nice, unique art style. Look at the trailer. Then you'll find out what it's about. You following me? All righty then. I do. I follow you. And then the next movie that's coming out should be Tuesday, March 9th, right? If there's, you know, one one movie per day per the week. That's correct. That's what you said. But it's not, Simon. The next movie that's coming out is coming out on Thursday, March 11th. Oh my goodness, a shocker. A whole two days later. And this movie is three days later, actually, from the March 8th. This movie is called Coven of Sisters. It's a Netflix oh. original. <laughs> it's, it's, an, it's a Netflix original movie. It's about witches who lure their inquisitor to view the witch's Sabbath to postpone their own execution. Oh, my goodness. I know. Why are you talking in a weird accent for the past, like, five minutes? I have no <laughs> What are you talking about? This is how I talk the whole time. Okay. You didn't notice this? This is how I've been talking since I, you met me. The audience can attest if you just scroll back in your, in your, in your video feed, you'll notice that I've been talking like this all, all along. The next movies are all coming out on Friday, March 12th. These next five movies. And uh, I'm going to say this in my regular voice. Unlike Simon, who isn't talking in his regular voice. Paper Lives is the first movie that's coming out. It's a Netflix original movie. It's about a blue-collar worker in Istanbul who starts showing the ropes of life to some small boy. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yes. Okay, I'll stop. I'll stop. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, okay? This is actually my real voice, Adrian. You can't see me, but I'm winking right now mm. at the mic. You're winking at the mic? Yeah, for the audience. I should I should hear your eye open and close. If, if that mic was high enough quality, I should hear your eye open and close. That's not how that works. I don't have the gain turned up that high. Can you hear my eye opening and closing? Okay. No. You can't? No. There was no, there was no noise. I feel, like, I feel like if you pay close attention, you can hear it. Anyways, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Yes Day. Like It's the Yes Day. It's a Netflix original movie, and it's about these parents. They usually say no to their kids, but one day they decide to say yes, and that day is now called Yes Day. And everything their kids ask on that day, they say yes to. Ah, the sequel, the, the wanted sequel to Yes Man, starring Jim Carrey. Yes, except now they recast Jim Carrey's character. He's married and has two children, or three children. I forget how many children were on the poster. And they ask for these ridiculous things, and they're forced to say yes, and hilarity ensues 
throughout this amazing Netflix original comedy movie called Yes Day that is going to be so hilarious. You are going to to laugh and laugh for hours. That's how hilarious this movie is. It's just these kids and they're just asking these ridiculous things. They're just asking for these ridiculous things to do these ridiculous things. And these parents, they just decided to say yes. There's nothing holding them back. They, their own willpower has made them choose to say yes to everything. But instead of like regular human beings and adults that would say no to these ridiculous requests, they continue to say yes I can't tell if you're angry or not, but I'm getting some like serious like Todd Chavez vibes here. <laughs> you sound a little bit like Aaron Paul. It's Todd. I don't know why I got that. But I was like, "Whoa, Aaron Paul is is that you? <laughs> is this is this a Todd <laughs> Chavez impression or no? Is, it, is Adrian just really angry about this movie? It's just ridiculous. What a stupid premise. You just say no." Anyways, the next movie that's coming out is a movie called Cherry. Oh my gosh, it's Apple TV Plus. It's an Apple TV Plus original. This is the first movie the Russo brothers have directed since Avengers Endgame. And it's a crime movie that's starring Tom Holland, also known as Spider-Man in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And he's, and he's all, ah, I'm, I'm Tom Holland. Ha ha. And uh, the trailer for this looked really good, but it isn't reviewed too well. 38%. 38% on Rotten Tomatoes. But the audience score is actually 250 plus uh, ratings and it's 79%, despite the fact that the movie hasn't come out yet. Mm, that makes a lot of sense, actually. Did it come out somewhere? Like, how is anyone reviewing this movie? It makes no sense. I don't know, Simon. It makes absolutely no sense because this movie releases on March 12th, on Friday, March 12th, like I've written here on this list. Hmm. How are the how what audience? Who are these 250 plus people? The flaw. There's a flaw in the system here. Maybe they asked their parents if they could watch their movie. And and their parents decided that day that it was yes day. So I was gonna make that joke, but I was like, how do I translate? <laughs> how would I do it here? Because it's a long-winded explanation. So their parents because these parents, because these parents instead of saying no, they just they just have to say yes, despite the fact that <laughs> Let's not go over that again. We get it, Adrian. I understand. You're frustrated. You think this is stupid. It's a stupid concept. And Cherry is not a good movie, unfortunately. According to critics. Yeah, I mean, it could be good. I think you still planned on watching it, but I think this week we'll go another round. And then, I mean, that's the movie. We're going to watch the movie another round. Mm-hmm. Maybe the following week we can watch Cherry. Yes. Excellent. There are two more movies coming out. Are you ready for it? Oh, I'm ready. The first movie is a movie called Trust. This is confirmed by Movie Insider and the most reliable source on the internet, m.thehavenmembers.com. This is going to be a video-on-demand movie. However, it did not show up on Apple TV as a pre-order option, uh, which most movies do. Now, this wouldn't be the first time that a movie isn't available for pre-order and then will actually release on the Apple TV app, but... Um, just wanted to put that out there. It might not be fully accurate, but I use my two sources, baby. And this is about two people in a relationship that begin to have an affair with other people. And these two people that are beginning to have an affair with with other people while they're in a marriage or a relationship, those two people own an art gallery. One's the painter, 
Wait, so sorry, they simultaneously are having an affair with other people, but they don't know that the other person's having an affair. Is that what you're saying? Um, yeah, I think so. I don't know if they don't know, but I think they don't know. I see. Well, I guess if they knew, it wouldn't really be an affair. It would just be an open relationship yeah. or whatever. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Or they both know, but they don't want to like let the other person know that they know because they're also adulterers. So they're like both like, okay, we're going to continue doing this, but I'm not going to let the other person know that I know that they're being an adulterer, like I'm being an adulterer. You know what I mean? Right. Yes, 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 yes. Or maybe they made a deal with each other that on a specific day is actually yes day and that they asked each other to have an affair and then they each had an affair because they asked and they had to say yes when they asked whether they should each have an affair with somebody else that's not yeah, themselves. Yeah, they, they had to say yes. No, sorry. Yeah. They didn't have to say yes. They had to ask their parents who who decided to say yes that day. <laughs> they each had to ask their parents. But both of their parents actually uh, subscribe to the philosophy that one day a year is called mm-hmm. yes day in which they can say – they have to say yes to everything no matter what the yeah. request. Incredible. What a ridiculous premise. And the last movie that's coming out is a, is, is called Long Weekend. And this this was confirmed by Movie Insider and uh, and confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com. This is apparently coming out to theaters, apparently. We're not going to watch it because theaters aren't open here. But apparently this is coming out to theaters, and it's about two people who fall in love, but they both have secrets that may be the undoing Ooh. of this fiery love. Ah, mm-hmm. it's because the day before it was yesterday, and they <laughs> talked to their parents who allowed them to have an affair, and now they have trust issues. Mm-hmm. Exciting. Yeah. And their parents were the Russo brothers. <laughs> incredible. Absolutely incredible. Well, that's uh, that ends our uh, regular scheduled programming for this, uh, no. for this week, Adrian. Well, I guess not, actually. Not for this week, because if you are interested in our podcast, if you listen to our podcast weekly, we will also be releasing, as we talked about at the beginning of this show, a podcast spoiler cast for WandaVision season one. So if you're interested, download that episode as well, because we'll be releasing that again on Friday of this week. Do you have anything to add, Adrian? Anything to add about about the movies releasing this week or about what we talked about? Or do you have any sentiments about me that you'd like to clear the air on or anything like that? Yes. Oh, that's exciting. What is it? I don't know. I just had to say yes. That's part of the rules. It's yes day, baby. We're bringing it back. Oh, God. Then you didn't like the concept. Ah, it grew on me now. It's yes, yes, yes. So you have nothing to say, but you said yes. That's not how that yes day thing works. You have to actually have something to say. What? What should I say? I don't care. Thank you for listening to the 36th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter signing off. Hey, guys, it's me, Adrian Pinter. I'm about to sign off. And you know who didn't say uh, – who's, who's, you know whose parents shouldn't have said yes? Um, uh, uh Bruce Wayne's parents when he asked to go to the movies. Oh gosh. Because they they died after. Just like in the beginning of the great movie Batman v Superman. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye. Take care, guys. Bye. See you later. Take care. 
It's a really dumb concept, though. Like, why would you set a day aside for your children? Being like, oh, today we're we're just going to say yes to everything. And they're like, can we go fucking kill the next door neighbors? And then, you know, the parents are like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Because we can't say no. Because we made this day up. It's so ridiculous. Like, it's fucking dumb.